You are listening to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast, where we discuss how to find ultimate intimacy in your relationship. We believe that no matter how many years you've been married, you can achieve passion, romance, happiness, and ultimate intimacy at any stage of your life. Join us as we talk to not only marriage experts, but couples just like yourself and people who are just flat out fun. The Ultimate Intimacy Podcast is for couples who have a good relationship but want to make it even better. Mastering the art of having intimate conversations and why this is a must for your marriage with the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast with Nick and Amy. And today's going to be probably one of the most important episodes you can listen to. (laughs) And we've only had like 55 other episodes on this subject, but we're going to try to make this more interesting, more exciting, No, this one is totally different. And I love the title because it says Mastering the Art of Having Intimate Conversations. If you really think about that title, it must be an art because nobody's doing it. (laughs) And I want to master it. You want to master it. I would like to master it. I want to master it. Do you guys want to master this? Because this is probably one of the most important things you can do for your marriage. So this is a podcast episode that I really want to master the subject. So Amy, take over. Teach us how to master (laughs) this subject. so funny. No, actually we do. Amy and I can talk about sex pretty openly. We can now, but it took us 15 years. So if you're if you're not, we totally understand where you're coming from. It's hard. For yeah, it's for hard. a long time we this was a subject that was off limits. It wasn't off limits. Well, we were what, just embarrassed. What I'm saying is yeah, it wasn't off limits. It's just we never did it. We were, we're embarrassed. Like, oh, I, don't I don't I don't know how to bring that up. I don't want to talk up. about that. Like yeah. I felt like we were really close, but like we just we grew up not talking much about sex in our upbringings. Our parents didn't much. I our faith, like I just, it wasn't talked about. And so it was really hard to rip that bandaid off and get to the conversations, right? And it's still sometimes uncomfortable. Like, it's still hard to be like, I want you to do this and this. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I don't want like, you. <laughs> like, like the other night, Amy's like, What do you want? And I'm like, uh, uh, I don't really want to tell you. Just, uh, I just want to be with you. I, <laughs> I can tell he's still scared. <laughs> it's fine. Um, well, it's hard. It's hard to say. Oh, this is what I would like. Um, but I and don't but, get us wrong. We still we still have those conversations. It's, it's still fun. hard for everybody. Though. But it, yeah, that's all we're saying is sometimes it's still a little uncomfortable, but you still have to talk about it. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna jump into the poll real fast because this is gonna tell you kind of like what this episode is gonna be about because we're we are making it different than every other. This is not just on communication. This is. This is going to be really how to have the discussion, right? We all know it's important to talk about sexual intimacy. So how do we do it? How to do it, how to make it easier. We asked our audience, do you have conversations about your intimate life together? That's the question, okay? Question of the day. I gave the answers. Once a week, it's very important. 23% said that one. Once a month, probably 30%. Once a year, not often enough, 23%. And never, we need help, 24%. So it's all about a quarter. It's all around a quarter. And half of the audience is never or less than once a year. That means 50% probably does not have a good 
intimate life because they don't talk about it. Because we know to have a really good, I mean, we always had a good intimate life, but it got better when we started talking about it. Like a really good intimate life. There's always going to be exceptions, but for the majority of the 50%, for 49 of the 50%, I don't know what it is, but... The majority of the 50%, if they're not talking about sex, their sex life most likely isn't what it can be. Or it might be. should be. Or might be non-existent. Or might be non-existent, yeah. Yeah. If you're not talking about it, it's not going to probably be a great thing or it's not going to improve. And we're not talking about what do you want to do tonight? What what kind of position do you want to train on? That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, that's important too, but... We're talking about deeper stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I then asked our, our audience, conversations about being intimate. Who in your marriage doesn't want to talk about it? Can you guess the answer? Oh, it's going to be mostly the wives that don't want to talk about it. Because yeah. it, if we just go off libido, unless we say we say 70, 80% of the wives are the lower libido, it's probably mostly the wives saying, I don't want to talk about it. 80% wife. 20% wow. husband. I guarantee the 20% husbands, either sex is already great for them, so they don't need to talk about it, or they're the ones with the low drive in their Correct. marriage it's, and don't want to talk about it. Yeah, the 20% <laughs> are most likely the low drive and they don't want to low talk Low drive about husband. Because you're not going to find a, you're not, not going to find many husbands that wouldn't want to talk about sex unless... It's creating the conflict or, or, they're, or they're the lower you, desire. You just hit it on the head, though. Unless it's creating a conflict. Correct. And that's what we're going to jump into. If less than monthly, why don't you talk about this more often? Okay, here's some of our answers. I'm going to read them kind of quick. Always has an excuse. Plan never follows through. Gets defensive. Unwilling to discuss. I bring it up and it's lacking terribly in our marriage. What can I do for him but he doesn't ask it back? So that would be a situation where it's one-sided. I, the wife, try to talk, but he takes it as something he's not doing right. Um, I get an I don't know type of answer, and that's the end of it. Or he feels bad, but nothing changes. Wife gets upset and shuts the conversation down, (laughs) like you just said. Um, Wife gets agitated whenever it's brought up. I think it's because of critique of how I'm not good enough when I try harder. I get told, why do you have to make it awkward and just talk about it? Can't we just be grateful and be done with it? She thinks everything is good just the way it is. Yeah. That's that's a good... Let's stop on that one. Yeah. If you're... I mean, think about it. If you're a spouse that just absolutely doesn't desire it, you're going to think things are good the way they are. Why? I'm happy with the way things are. I don't need it. Therefore, we don't need to do it. Talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. Or or maybe their intimate life is fine, but he would like it to be better. And she's just fine with it, right? It still needs to be talked about. Both people have to be happy. Um, it causes more trouble. She won't let me talk about it. She's uncomfortable talking about sex. My spouse gets upset. Um, it becomes a conversation about how tired or stressed she is. I get stonewalled. She gets angry and shuts down. My husband changes the subject. Uh, she gets upset. Uh, my wife says, all you ever think about is sex. Um, let's see. Always ends up feeling like I should have known better. Uh, always turns into an awkward argument. It turns into an argument. I get lots of those. I'm just going to skim through all these. Okay, here's one to stop on. Purity culture killed the passion in my wife. 
Actually, we don't even talk about that because we're going to do an entire episode on that. If you were taught that sex was bad, 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 and then you get married and you're like, oh, now it's good. And you've you've been taught your whole life that sex is bad. It's going to be really hard to turn that switch on. We're going to talk about yeah, that more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my wife thinks it's something, not something a good Christian woman should talk about. It took me having a total breakdown in our marriage for her to realize how important this is to me. When I bring it up, all she nags about is all I think about is sex. I could just go on and on and on. This, like, they don't stop. It's kind of all the same thing, <laughs> right? I don't want to talk about it. She gets mad, starts a fight. I guess my big question is why is this starting a fight? If something is important to your spouse, it should be important to you. And sexual intimacy is very important for a marriage or men wouldn't get married. <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. Why would men get married and have a passionate, romantic first year marriage or six months or two years or whatever it is and then be okay with it stopping? Like no one signs up for that. And that's all the messages we get is, oh, it was great at first and then she it was completely stopped. It's It's like... Let's let's reverse that. And I know that some women and some men have the higher drives. Like, we get that. Let's reverse that. Say you get married to your spouse and they are so romantic, so compassionate, so kind, so respectful. And then a year into the marriage, your spouse gets verbally abusive or cuts off the emotional connection or the romance 100% stops. Like, just, oh, we're married now. I don't need to do anything. Same thing right would be very frustrating you're like this is this is not what i, I chose this is yeah this is not what we signed up for and it's even harder for the people that that aren't intimate before marriage which a lot of christians wait to get married so you kind of have no idea what's what you're getting into right <laughs> yeah you hope you hope <laughs> you that hope intimacy is going to be awesome and amazing but you really have no idea it's that big leap of faith it's a massive leap of faith for a lot of people and so absolutely, this is why this episode is so important. Talking about this, expectations, realistic expectations, the whole purity culture thing. Like, how were you raised? We, I mean, these conversations are so important. Well, and the, and the great thing, too, is in these conversations, it's not going to be, well, I want this, so you need to give me all of what I want or vice versa, right? No. Like, it, it, you're neither spouse is going to get everything they want but no. that but it's a compromise right so you sit down and you say okay and and i'm sure for most couples it's the first thing that's going to come up is hey i'm not happy with the amount of time we're having sexual intimacy i would like it more and the other spouse is saying well i i don't want it that often i want it less i want it less <laughs> so sitting down and having that conversation saying okay why well, here's why I really want to make love and listening to your spouse and hearing their reasons saying, okay, what can we do to find a balance, you know? Right. And I mean, that this is exactly what we did, right? Like I, I would love to make love to Amy every single day, but I also recognize that's not, that's not realistic in our relationship. It's not fair to her. And, and so, you know, we sit down and we say, okay, what, what works for both of us? What's something we both can live with? Right. And you know, we find that balance in our relationship and whatever we do in our relationship might look completely different for another couple in their relationship. The key is, is to find a balance that you both can live with. And that balance has to be respected. And there's usually a deeper reason for that balance. Because in our marriage, Nick's like, I don't want you to just do it. I want you to want it. 
I want you to enjoy it. And that's what all husbands say, right? Like Correct. it's not about the physical release or the physical pleasure. It's about being emotionally, sexually and all intertwined. Like I want you to want it. And I'm, and I told him, this was the honest conversation we have. I'm not going to want it like that every day. If you want me to want it, you have to give me a few days to want to connect sexually. And that's where that discussion came and it got deeper and deeper and we were able to talk about things. Why? And that's what all comes down to is that why? Like, why do you feel like that? Why do I feel like that? How do we make both of those important? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So let's jump into the next part, which is why it's so important to have these intimate conversations we're talking about. And then we're going to get into after that, what intimate conversations look like. And it's not how often, what position. What position. There's deeper things than that. We're going to talk about those. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, I, th- I think first off, like, you know, and, and again, like we always say, we're talking, as we're talking about this, we're talking about couples that have good relationships. If you're on the listening end and you're saying, you know, what you're saying I don't like what you're saying because my husband has done things to lose trust or he's not kind to me. We're, we're not talking to, we're talking to the couples that have good relationships and are looking to make the relationship even better. better. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where we're getting at, right? Right. If there's a deeper issue that's have like resentment or major barriers, you got to break those down first. Yes. Right? So let's just kind of go through and kind of establish um, what, what kind of the guidelines are, I guess, so to speak. But the first thing is you have to have trust in the relationship. If you don't have trust, it's going to be virtually impossible to have these intimate conversations where you're sharing your desires, your concerns, your fears, your, you know, everything. Um, without trust, that really can't happen. So again, number one foundation is is having a marriage where you feel like you have that trust and vulnerability and that you really can be honest about how you feel and, you know, back and forth with each other. And I think the episode a couple, couple back about the prerequisites to emotional intimacy, I think those are what kind of build that trust. Yeah. So that number 236 was a great talking about what should already be there and how to build that trust first. Right? For sure. For sure. And then, you know, really communicate openly. And I know that just sounds like, oh, so easy to do. But a lot of times we don't communicate openly, especially around subjects that are pretty difficult. Like you just admitted. You said I a couple nights ago, what do you want to do tonight sexually? He's like, I just want to be with you. But I know deep down inside, he probably had something he really wanted to try or or his favorite thing to do or something that sounded good. And, and, and that's where we're saying is it's hard for everybody. It's hard to be vulnerable and honest because spouses, especially like in long term, where you've been married quite a while, it's easy to offend. It's easy to annoy. It can start things, right? Because when that newness wears off, you're more like, I don't want to say walking on eggshells because no one should ever have to feel like that. But sometimes we do. It's normal, right? Yeah, and I think going back to communicating openly, and we've shared this in previous podcasts if you've listened to us for a long time, but I remember I'd be like, hey, babe, you want a nice back rub tonight? (laughs) 
She's like, I know what that means. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to give you a back rub. She's like, no, I know what that means. You want to make love tonight? And I said, well, yeah, I'd love to make love tonight. She's like, then just tell me you want to make love to me. I was like, oh, okay. I'd like to make love to you. Okay. So I, I say that jokingly, but I'll, honestly, like that was my way of saying, okay, I, what if I get rejected? Maybe this is a soft way to kind of approach it. You don't get rejected. It, no, but what I'm saying is like, it's funny because even like this is just normal for for pretty much everyone. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. But when Amy said, just tell me we want to make love. Okay. Hey, babe, I'd lo- love to make love tonight. Oh, okay. Like sometimes we kind of sidestep and we don't tell our spouse exactly, you know, or we <laughs> we think that they should know what we're talking about if we're sending those cues. But really just communicate really open and be very direct and just have that open and honest discussion. And we'll, (laughs) and we're going to tell you like how to get to that point where you can have those, because that is not easy to do when you're not talking about sex often. Right? Like, like in that poll, those 50% that only even talk about intimate things like less than once a year are not going to have conversations like that. Correct. (laughs) Like baby steps, right? Baby steps. So yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, and then the next important thing is actively listening. A lot of times, and I'll, I'm totally guilty of this. You guys hear me in the podcast that I like to talk a lot. Sometimes I just need to shut up and listen. And <laughs> it's it's easy when you want to try to convey something to just be talking, talking, talking. But you really need to pay attention to your spouse's behavior and their words and body language and show you know kind of an empathy or understanding to how they feel and and really listening to how they feel, especially with a topic like this. So an example would be Nick's like, I would love to make love every day or every other day. And so that's where I get to chime in and be like, let me tell you why if we did every day, how that would affect our relationship. I wouldn't look as forward to it. I I mean, we had a really good conversation on it. We did because I want Amy to enjoy making love. I don't want her just laying there. I want it to be and every husband agrees. a great thing for you. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like makes I sense. want it to be desirable for you as well. And so. Yeah. So you got to have those conversations. Um, I like the next one, which is um, using I statements instead of like you statements. And that's important in every aspect of the relationship. But in this case, I love it when you do this, or I love it when we do this instead of, well, you don't do this or, you know what I mean? Think of this simple question and how, if I were to just approach it just with you and I, if I said, you never want to make love to me. Okay. How would that be taken? Right. That could cause an argument. I feel like you're putting on me. It's all my fault. Exactly. Versus, I feel like we don't make love enough in our relationship. That's a totally different way to approach it. Or, I would love to make more love more often because, because you are so hot. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what you... (laughs) See, we're doing, Uh, we're doing this in front of a big audience. Yeah, okay. Um, So just, just how you approach things can be a complete game changer instead of putting it as, oh, this is your spouse's fault. It's, hey, this is the way I feel and here's why. And then listening. You're exactly right. Turn it into a compliment. Instead of a blame game, turn it into a compliment. Like I, you, 
<laughs> he's going to look at me and laugh because he's like, you would never say that to me. Okay, maybe you'd say it to me. You look amazing. Like, I am in awe of your stunning handsomeness. Really? I can't wait to rip those clothes off. Okay, let's can pause we, this podcast. Can we please make love more? Okay, okay we'll be okay. back. We'll be back maybe, in thirty minutes. Okay, maybe that's like what the women. I'm I'm giving advice to the women. Your husband would love that, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm, I'm Amy and I are the only ones in the room, and I think I'm blushing. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. next one. We're gonna exactly. we're gonna move on. And oh, explore we're not. together. Yeah. So this is another great thing. Like talk about things together and what you want to try and explore together, rather than it being I want this or you know, I want this, like, hey, what are some things that we can do to, you know, spice things up? Or what are some things we can do to be in the mood more often for sexual intimacy? What are some things I can do, sweetie, to have you be in the mood to make love more often? Like, or, okay, most women would probably agree with this one. What can I do to help you, not help you, because it's both our jobs. What can I do or what? how can I be more observant to what's going on with the family and with the house? Help me to be more observant. Like, is there things that I'm missing that will help take something off your plate? Or what, may- can, we, what can we do as a couple to make more time for sexual intimacy? Because yeah. both, both Amy's and my's, our life is very busy. Like this never shuts down. We're constantly 24 seven getting emails. Like we literally are not working nine to five. We're always working. But having said that, Amy and I are like, okay, what can we do to make prioritize intimate time? You know, and we talk about that. We're like, okay. And sometimes intimate time might be in the morning. Sometimes intimate time might be at night, whatever it is. Like Sometimes with a house full of teenagers, it's at one in the morning when they finally go to bed at night. Sometimes that has to be a priority. But the key is, is we talk about it together and we make it a priority because we know it's that important. Okay, so let me give you a situation just so you know that we're real human beings and there there are times where we get frustrated. So I, hopefully this isn't too much information, but... Like last Wednesday was Valentine's Day. We had an intimate night, which I'm hopefully a lot of you did. And then, of course, three days later, Nick's feeling it, right? This would put us like, I think, Friday. Well, you already feeling it Friday. Well, I, I felt like it was Valentine's week, so I think I just wanted to you celebrate You wanted it every week. day, yeah. yeah. So by Friday, he's like, let's be intimate. I can't remember, but it was like a really late night. I think our daughter had a dance or something. I can't remember what was going on. And I'm just like, okay, instead of like our last episode on how to reject in a healthy ways. Tonight's not the best night. It's been a long day. Let's try tomorrow. But then tomorrow came and I was like, okay, but actually my mom is taking both the girls on Sunday night. Would it be okay if Sunday night we made it a priority. And now and that led to a conversation because he didn't feel like it was being neglected or he was being neglected or whatever. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Anyways, like, those are the kind of conversations that need to be had all the time. And it was actually like, oh, now I get to look forward to Sunday night. Right. That's why you're pushing it off because Sunday's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, just for the higher drive spouse, it's really important for the lower drive spouse to explain explain things and explain their feelings like we talked in the last episode right i'm getting off subject so and i really love this next one is educate yourselves 
take the time to not only learn about your own bodies, but you know, also take the time to learn about how your spouse's body works. Like I would guess, I don't know, we haven't really had this conversation, but I would guess Amy's probably learned a lot more about how men's bodies work in general since we built the app and we've had to study a bunch of things. For and sure. and I think then she's like, oh, I, I didn't realize, but after hearing all this, these men say this, all these polls, all these things, this is how a man feels, right? And now right. I understand how Nick feels, which maybe I didn't understand before and vice versa. So really jump on the Ultimate Intimacy app and we have the great section, the resource section that talks about anatomy and the clitoris and different things like really like dive in and educate yourselves about each other's bodies, your cycles, how your body, are you a responsive desire? Are you a spontaneous desire? Um, understand, get to know and study each other in depth and understand how each other works. Mm -hmm. And that really can mm -hmm. be very beneficial in understanding, okay, this is how our sex life is going to look like. And it doesn't need to look like, so-and-so's or whatever like because we're unique this is what we've learned about each other and this is how it's going to be best for us absolutely love it so important um set boundaries i think that's a big thing um boundaries can be in so many aspects it could be setting boundaries like to what you're comfortable with um what you're allowed to talk to talk about or not talk about mm -hmm. like Amy and I have boundaries like and I Absolutely. think our boundaries are the same like there's just certain sexual things we're like nope this is a hard no I yep. will never ask you to do this you don't ever have to have me have be worried about me asking you to do this yep. and vice versa Absolutely. so we we have boundaries in our sexual intimacy like we we will do this we won't do this and Hard no, hard yes, hard no. Yep. Yeah, and that's going to look different for everyone as well. So And I think that builds trust. I think you have to have that conversation about what's a hard no, what's a yes, and so that you don't even like push that line. And boundaries could also be like, you know, what kind of movies are we going to watch or not watch? Uh -huh. and, Absolutely. Um, what kind of things are we going to read or not read? Um, and why? Yeah. What kind of, what kind of things are we going to allow in the bedroom and not allow in the bedroom and, and. You know, absolutely. Like we've talked about a lot of those things, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Go some... back and listen to our boundaries episodes. They're good. Yep. Okay. Um, being patient and understanding always, um, you just have to realize <laughs> it's so funny because so many women are like, I, all you think about is sex. All you think about is sex to a lot of their husbands. That's, that was a lot of the comments, right? And we do. We think about sex all the time. Okay, but you can't, unless you've been your spouse, which you haven't been ever, you can't tell your spouse how they're feeling. Like, you can't argue feelings. So, same thing with, like, the human body, right? I've never been a man. So, I can't say I know how he's feeling or how he works. I can't do that. And he can't tell me how my body works or how I'm feeling. So, I think that once you really, like, grasp that, that's where patience and understanding come from. Because I'm like, I... I'm trying to be understanding because I'm not you and I can't be you and I don't have a body like you. So I can only learn from you, right? And I have to be patient and understanding because of that. And if you trust each other, if you fully trust each other, this should be a good conversation to have because if you tr if I trust what Amy's telling me, I feel this way, this this is how my body reacts or works and Amy's listening to me. 
And if you trust each other, then you're going to understand and have that empathy and say, oh, okay, I, you know, I understand. I understand why you need to connect. Like, I I think I've said this before, but I'm a physical touch person. So even like giving Amy a back rub that this might sound selfish, but that's probably more so for me, right? Like I'm able to touch her and give her a massage and like that fulfills my physical touch as well too. And so it's a win-win like, yeah, just talk about those things and, and you know, why you have the desires that you have, or maybe that you don't have the desires. Um, just yep. be open with each other. Absolutely. Um, also it's important to seek professional help if needed. And I want to be, how do I say this in a nice way? I think it's really, really, really important to be very careful about whose help you're seeking. And how do I, how do I say this without getting too, um, <laughs> keep it short. Yeah, um, like some marriage therapists are amazing, very professional, are amazing. Some are not. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the bottom line, and I'm just going to say this. If you go, if you're going to a marriage therapist, that's a woman that's had bad experiences in her marriage about sex. And she thinks men are the worst thing in the world. And you're going to her to figure out how to have a better sex life, do you think you're going to get the right information? No, you're going to get her point of view. And and we've had people tell us this, that, oh, the therapist just says, too bad, deal with it. Um, you need to forget about it. Yeah, so like that, careful. don't approach the problem. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you need to be talking about this. So you really need to be careful about who you're getting professional help from what that what are their experiences um in the subject sure. that you're talking about and you know are they going to give you correct information or are they going to give you their opinion based upon the things that they've been through and are they wanting to help fix the problem or are they just trying to make money off you there's a lot of therapists that will just dive deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and cause more issues so that it we- lasts longer and then there's therapists that say, okay, there's a point where your past and stuff needs to shut the door and you need to heal. And then we need to fix the problem because someone that really wants to help you wants you to stop therapy eventually. Right? Like that's a good, good way to yeah, look at it. Yeah. We know some people that have been to therapy for like five or six years and worse. we're like, um, <laughs> okay, you've been there five or six years and you got nothing to show for it. Right? Yeah. Like. So yeah, like Amy said too, are they going to be able to help you get over uh, whatever you're dealing with or is it going to lead for just long term where you're... And sometimes people need it long time. Yeah, we're not saying they don't. And I'm saying they're not. And some people have a lot of baggage they do need to get through and that's okay. We Everyone has their own traumas and their own things that they need to heal from. The entire point is when you pick a therapist, make sure that they're trying to help you heal and get better, not keep you not sick. Not keep you sick, That's exactly. That's what we're trying to say. And I think the last one's really important too, uh, goes in line with the poll, is regular check-ins. How often do you talk about sex? So having those conversations, whether it's weekly or monthly, whatever it is, sitting down and talking about these things um, on a regular basis, whatever that means for your marriage, mm-hmm. um, versus you know just completely ignoring it or sweeping it under the rug. And... We hear people, you know, you heard in some of those responses, and I think this is pretty common is, oh, we don't want to, I don't want to talk about it because it causes an argument. Well, 
if it causes an argument, that probably means it's something pretty important to talk about <laughs> and, and figure out and resolve. So instead of looking at it and saying it causes an argument, therefore we're not going to talk about it, I would look at it and say it causes an argument, therefore we need to talk about it yes. so that it won't cause an argument moving forward in the future. So have those conversations. And if it does cause an argument, that's even the more reason you need to have these conversations. There is a deeper issue if you're still arguing about that. So I think one of the common common things, and I think this is you've heard as we've talked about this as well too, is it's not a comfortable thing to talk about. Like how do we just bring it up? What's the best way to start these conversations and you know have these types of conversations? And that is exactly why we built the app. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. there's many times that I'm like, I don't Oh, I didn't want to bring this up to Amy, but if the app is bringing up this and you're just reading from the app and saying, okay, the app is telling me to ask you this question, then it, then you're able to dive into these tough topics in a very fun and easy way. So, And remember, we work with a ton of professional marriage therapists when this was put together. A ton of professional therapists endorse our app. Like these questions are good questions right? Good question. So the whole point, the, the thing that I want to talk about most on the app right now to end this podcast is the intimate conversations. This is why we added, we added this what, like a few years into the app because we realized how important this aspect was. You want me to share a few? Yeah, let's just share a few and then we can talk okay. about them. So, so again, think of, as she's, as she's sharing these, think of how Maybe hard this would be to bring up on your own, but when you're reading it from the app, how easy it is to start talking about. So I'm just going to share like 10 of the intimate conversations from the app. If you go into the app and you go under conversation starters and scroll down, you'll see the tab that says intimate conversations. And like he said, these are the, just, this is just like, here you go. The app's telling me to read it this to you. Let's just rip the let's bandaid start off. start a conversation. Let's just start a conversation on this. This is so much easier than trying to come up with questions. Because a lot of couples are like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to ask. Like, I literally don't even know what this conversation looks like. We have fixed that problem. Intimate conversation number one. Do you like to be spontaneous with sex or have time to prepare for it? What a great conversation so, to have. So... Yeah, this is what it would look like. So she reads the question and I I would be like... Would you like to be spontaneous or have time to prepare? You know, actually, I like both. Like, it's kind of fun to um, have the time to think about it and let it build up when you say, hey, I want to make love tonight. I really like having that kind of build up and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But then, you know, occasionally I like to be spontaneous as well. So, yeah, it just depends. What about you? I would say that I like to have time to prepare for it. For some reason, I really like to be able to prepare mentally and physically. I like to be able to shower, get my body ready, feel clean. That's important to me. So, Even though I do like what you said, spontaneous is good once in a while too. So right there, we just solved what could be a big issue in a lot of marriages, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of women have said, I just, I get nervous that it's spontaneous. I feel like I'm not prepared. I'm not clean. But if you're a couple that's not talking about it, you're a husband that has no idea. So what she just said to me is now, Oh, okay, she likes to have time to get ready. So immediately I could say, hey, sweetie, uh, would you like to make love tonight? And that immediately gives her the time to get ready, 
to get ready mentally, physically, things like that, right? And that or, also helps with rejection because instead of me, when he, him trying to be spontaneous and I'm just like, oh, not right now, he already knows how I feel about being spontaneous. And in this case, he's like, oh, she just needs to shower and get ready. And if I didn't say that, he already knew that, even though it's important to be like, this is why I would rather have it a little more scheduled. So, so listen to how this, that one question, yep. just talking about it for a minute, resolved a lot of things. Okay, so question, question number two. What specific ways would you like me to initiate sex? Words, texts, actions, love notes, etc. Um, anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, any, any way to initiate would be amazing. I love getting texts or whatever, or, uh, just telling me. Yeah. And I would answer this with, I like it when you do it in person, because that it gives me a way to respond to you in a loving manner or reject you in a healthy way. Like if I'm like, Oh, Maybe not tonight, but tomorrow instead of sometimes, and texts are great too, but sometimes we're in, in a, in a verbal way, we can express like more details about it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm going to skip that one. It's a little personal. <laughs> These are, there's some good personal ones too. Is it uncomfortable for you to discuss our sex life together and why? Uh, not not really anymore. I feel it's pretty comfortable. We can talk about pretty much anything. Um, and I feel like it was really uncomfortable at like year 15, but I feel like we've gotten a lot better at it, and I feel like our sex life has improved because of that. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I'd say I feel okay. we both kind of feel like it's easy to talk about now. Okay. Do you feel that technology has a negative impact on our sexual intimacy? Uh, yeah, I would say sometimes it does. And... Uh, just because our work hours, sometimes we're up late night posting a video or doing things like that when it would be awesome to be able to connect. But I also understand that that's what is required of us. So, okay. How do you feel about it? I 100% agree with you. I feel like I could do better at um, if I do have to get on social media or technology at night to either tell you why I'm doing it and and explain it more and then get do it as fast as I can or at least so you know that I'm working and I'm not just like trying to ignore our intimate time. Yeah. And you can see how that conversation could get more vulnerable and be like, this is why I feel like the, this is why I do this. And that's just a great conversation to have. Yeah. Let's just do a couple more. Um, how do you feel about sex toys or things that enhance our sexual intimacy? So I was really nervous about that at first. I think I expressed to you that I was afraid that the toy would kind of take over. You would enjoy that more than me, right? But as we figured out a way to incorporate the sex toy into our lovemaking where we can still make love and be making love and the sex toy is kind of just an addition to make it more pleasurable for you, I... I really feel like this has totally changed our sexual intimacy in an amazing way. And now I almost couldn't imagine, you know, not having it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I really, I'm, I'm, I think it's amazing. I love it. And I know you enjoy sexual intimacy more because of it as well. And I would, yeah, I would say that I was hesitant also because I don't ever want to have something that my body gets used to or or takes away from us actually being intimate together and connecting in that way. But I do think that the one that we tried has enhanced 
our sexual intimacy for the fact that instead of just enjoying it at orgasm, I feel like the arousal and the buildup is so much better using it together. And I really feel like that's enhanced our lovemaking. Well, and I also feel like it takes a little bit of pressure off of me because most of the time we make love now, like you're finishing before I am. And so because, because of that, so like, I feel like, um, lovemaking is even better because I can focus my attention on pleasing you first and then, yeah. Yeah. So you can see how that conversation is important to have. Like all of them, right? I'm just... And 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 this is kind of what a conversation would look like. And I feel like every time we have a... Com- we even like get on here, we ended up with like three conversations because they go so much deeper and they last so much longer because they usually help us dive into something else. And this is being totally honest. Whoever thought a implementing a sex toy would make our intimacy even more unselfish, right? Like that's what's pretty awesome is now my focus... And it was before, but my focus is 100% on like, I want to take care of her and her needs first before my own. And I know that this tool can help do that in in a little bit quicker way. Yeah. So talking about, that's an important conversation to have. And you're enjoying it a lot longer. It's an important conversation to have. So let's do one more. One more. Um, I'm trying to find one that's not too much info. (laughs) On a scale from one to 10, how important is mutual pleasure and satisfaction for in our sexual intimacy? Um, a 10 for me. I would agree with a 10. I, I want you to enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. And I know you feel the same way about it. Yeah, like I wouldn't even enjoy it unless... You were enjoying it. Yep. You were enjoying it. Yeah. And I think most people would say that. Um, okay, so I'm just going to read a couple. You You obviously can see how the conversation can really help. But what positions would you like to try that we haven't tried yet? How do you feel about oral sex? How can we improve on the romantic connection after sex? That is a great question. I'm usually the one that wants to cuddle. (laughs) And Amy's like, oh, let's go. I'm tired. (laughs) How do you see our sex life changing over the years? Do you feel like there's anything wrong with transactional sex? Do you feel like we have found a balance with our sexual desire differences? If not, how can we help each other find a better balance? What are your thoughts about lovemaking in places outside the bedroom? Let's do one more. As a couple, what are our sexual strengths and what are our sexual weaknesses? There are so many good questions on there. I just, I feel like the minute we started having a lot of conversations in this area, I feel like once you get to, I mean, it takes baby steps, like we said. But once you can dive into any one of those questions and just be able to answer it, just be like, this is how I feel. And your spouse is respectful. They're like, well, this is how I feel. Well, let's have a conversation, a respectful, kind conversation about this. Once you can do that, you can talk about anything in marriage. Well, I think what's awesome is you could see just by us doing a couple of questions, you can see how this could lead into really wanting to talk about it. Like I literally could spend the next hour talking about a lot of those questions, right? Because it... It just, you can see how it becomes comfortable and you're like, oh, this isn't that difficult. So go utilize those those questions. That's what they're there for. And we really feel like it can really transform your, your marriage and your relationship, your sexual intimacy together as a couple, like it has for so many other people. So if you're one of the couples that marked, we have a conversation maybe once a year or less or never, we challenge you to try to make it monthly. Try to do that check-in that we're talking about that is literally marriage changing. If you can start talking, 
if you just tell your spouse, hey, the first Sunday of every month or the first, or this certain date every month, can we just get on the intimate conversations and have these conversations? I really think that not just our sex life is going to improve, improve, but the emotional connection and the emotional intimacy is just going to get so much stronger and deeper because a lot of those questions aren't just about sex. They're about how do you feel? Why do you feel that way? Um, those are the kind of questions. Those deeper questions is what create trust and love and respect and all those deeper feelings that's emotional intimacy and that's what most women say they need more of to be able to prioritize that sexual intimacy it just all goes hand in hand yeah totally agree so we hope you enjoyed the podcast today and we'll see you next time